Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Nehemiah, chapter 5. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. As your pastor, I am obligated by him to tell you the truth. And it is rude to bring children into a sanctuary and God's word is being spoken. And the kid is screaming and the parent is like, I'm letting you abuse your kid right here in the sanctuary. That's not good either. It's always not good. Nothing comes out good from this. And people don't hear the word, and Satan gets glorified because nobody's hearing the word. And if ain't nobody hearing the word, ain't nobody being changed. And if ain't nobody being changed and everybody's being hurt by that, it's affecting us all. Man, I was doing a baby dedication. They're right here right now. They're friends of mine, so I'm going to say it because I know they're fine with it, all right? Of course, the mom and her face is in her hands right now. I was doing a baby dedication on Sunday, this past Sunday, and I'm talking about the word and and their child, I'm, I'm, even going, I'm not going to even say your name, Chris. Oh, I don't even know. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> and the baby, was, I was like teaching about it. I said, right in the middle, it was just about 40 of us in there, 30, 40 of us. Whatever, it's nice little intimate atmosphere. I said, don't you have some goldfish for that child or something? Get that, get that, get that child some goldfish. <laughs> she said, I didn't have any goldfish. I went, you're a bad parent. <laughs> You don't have goldfish? What parent do you know that a baby don't have goldfish? Not the real ones, the, the ones in the box that you... The, some of y'all are like... Goldfish. I didn't know goldfish work. <laughs> you know, you just can't satisfy people. You got to seek to please the Lord. That's what I've learned. I got to please the Lord and do what God's called me to do. You know, and if people want to complain, listen, here's the reality. If people want to complain, y'all all know this. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. If people want to complain, they will complain. Critics and complainers, I told you before, have their own club. Complainers like complainers. Complainers don't go to people who aren't complainers. And it's really interesting because complainers seem to find each other. Isn't that true? Critics seem to find each other. And the church, unfortunately, is full of people who complain and criticize. And when we criticize and we complain, listen to me, you are hurting your brother. You are hurting your sister. When we kick and scratch at each other and talk about each other and walk out and, oh, well, I just, you know, especially if it's something that's just your own personal taste. And I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't want to go down that path yet. I'm going down that path in about 15 minutes, 12. But we're hurting each other and we're kicking at each other. Galatians 5.15, but if you 
bite, Galatians 5.15, but if you bite and devour one another, be careful that you and your whole fellowship, the Amplified Bible says, are not consumed by one another. Isn't this interesting? Listen to this. I'm told that when a group of thoroughbred horses face an enemy attack, they stand in a circle facing each other with their back legs to kick out toward the foe. Donkeys, on the other hand, do just the opposite. They make a circle and they face the threat while using their hind legs to kick at each other. I never knew that. Isn't that awesome? And it has a, it has a sermon in there. It really is. Psalm 55. Psalm 55, listen to this. We're talking about hurting the body. Psalm 55, 12 through 14. Is it not an enemy who taunts me, David said? I could bear that. Is it not my foes who are so arrogantly insult me, the New Living Translation? I could have hidden from them. Instead, it is you. My equal, my companion, and close friend. What good fellowship we once enjoyed as we walked together to the house of the Lord. David is writing this psalm. Psalm 55 is written by David, a man after God's own heart. And David's heart was broken because he had been betrayed by someone that he went to church with a person he fellowshiped with, a person he walked in the house of the Lord with, a person he had connection with. You know, that hurts more because it wasn't just some person. If you're betrayed or talked about, lied on by someone in the world, it doesn't hurt as bad. But when someone hurts you that you go to church with, it hurts. I think of Judas who betrayed Jesus. And Jesus poured his life into Judas. And David says, it was a Christian who stabbed me in the back. Don't be complainers, guys. If you're going to tell anyone, tell Jesus. Some people here in our text were taxing each other and taking advantage of each other and complaining and talking behind each other's back. And Nehemiah heard their complaints in verses 6 through 13. We see the steps, point number two, that he took to stop the strife and the complaining. Notice in verses 6 through 13, and then you just peruse with me because we just read it. I told you that Nehemiah was a good leader. And listen, a good leader will sometimes get angry. Verse 6 says, I became angry when I heard all this complaining. And it wasn't that Nehemiah had a short fuse or a bad temper. This is what you call righteous indignation. We see it in Moses, we see it in Jesus who walked into the temple and he took out the whip and he drove out the money changers and he said, don't make my father's house, what? A den of thieves. Verse seven, look at verse seven, tells us Nehemiah was hot and then he stopped to think about it. I like that. After, look at verse seven. After serious thought, the New English Bible says, I mastered my feelings. In Hebrew, this means my heart consulted within me. Nehemiah didn't go off on the people. Instead, he stopped, he took a deep breath, he thought about it for a while, and then he rebuked the nobles and the rulers. And he said, you guys are taking advantage of your brothers, and he rebuked them. Now listen, this rebuke consisted of six 
different appeals. Six different appeals. Write this down. Number one, he appealed to their love in verse seven. Nehemiah reminded them that they were robbing their own countrymen, not the Gentiles. He uses the word brother four different times in his speech. Maybe Nehemiah was thinking Psalm 133, one, how good and how pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. Number two, he reminded them of God's redemptive purpose in verse eight. Remember, the people of God had been redeemed from Egypt and most recently from Babylonian slavery. Nehemiah says, you guys are putting people back in slavery just to make money. Number three, his appeal was based on God's word. Not only number one, God's on their love, their love for one another, and God's redemptive purpose in verse eight, but also his appeal was based on God's word in verse nine. Nehemiah called them on the carpet and he said, don't you fear God? He said, what you're doing is not right. We just looked at it in Deuteronomy and Leviticus. It's not right. It was against God's commandment. Number four, they needed to remember their witness in the last part of verse nine. Israel was supposed to be a light to the nations, but their behavior was shady and dark. They were to walk in the fear of the Lord. Are you listening? They were to walk in the fear of the Lord and cause the enemies of God to see God. Instead, They caused the enemies of the Lord to mock God and to bring a reproach on the name of Israel. I think of David. Remember? David Bathsheba. Nathan goes to David. David, I know this man, and he's taking this woman. And David, what do you think should happen? Oh, the man who has done this thing shall repay, and he shall surely die. And Nathan said, David, you're busted. You're the man. And then Nathan said to David, David, you have, get, watch this, you have given the enemies of the Lord a reason to blaspheme. Your witness, I'm talking to somebody, your behavior, your bad fruit, because we're all bearing fruit. I was talking to my son-in-law last night, we were talking about fruit. We kind of concluded, everybody's bearing fruit. What kind of fruit? Bad fruit, good fruit. Your bad fruit, your bad witness, your, 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 your off-color speech, and the jokes in the office. <laughs> Praise the Lord. People go, hmm. And going to the club and this night, and then you're going to church and you're talking about Jesus and you're living for the world. All of these things is causing the world to, to blaspheme God. So he repeals, appeals to their witness. Remember your witness. Number five, Nehemiah appealed to them and said, look at my actions or look at my witness in verse 10 and 11. Nehemiah said, I've lent money. Are you looking at verse 10 and 11? I've lent money, but I didn't charge interest. Nehemiah could say, you guys stop charging interest and obey God's word because he obeyed God's word and didn't charge interest. 
Nehemiah says, stop taking advantage of God's people and give them back their fields, their olive groves, their houses, their oil, and give them their stuff. And number six, finally, Nehemiah appealed to to the judgment of God in verse 12. Note, they wanted to do what was right. And they didn't wait to do it. In verse 12, it says, they said, we will give back the land and the money we owe. In verse 13, Nehemiah said, I trust y'all, but let's get the priest down here so y'all can take an oath. I love that. So the promise is not just between bankers and builders. The promise is also between them and the Lord. And then Nehemiah said, let's end the meeting with three things in verse 13. Nehemiah shook out the fold of his garment. That's the same as shaking the dust off your feet. The congregation number two responded in verse 13 with a hearty amen. And they praised the Lord. And they did what they said they would do. Finally, Nehemiah's example in verses 14 through 19. If you're looking at verse 14, I want you to say amen. Moreover, from the time that I was appointed to be their governor and in the land of Judah from the 20th year until the 32nd year of King Artaxerxes, 12 years, neither I nor my brothers ate the governor's provision. I'm going to tell you about this in a minute. But the former governors who were before me laid burdens on the people and took from them bread and wine and besides 40 shekels of silver. Yes, even their servants bore rule over the people. What? But I did not do that, he says, because of the fear of God. Underline that. I didn't do it because I fear God. You won't do a lot of things if you fear God problem in our culture is we don't fear God. Okay, let's go. Look at verse 16. Indeed, I also committed the work, continued the work on the wall, and we did not buy any land. All my servants were gathered there for the work, and at my table were 150 Jews and rulers besides those who came to us from the nations around us. Now that which was prepared daily was one ox and six choice sheep, also fowl were prepared for me. And once every 10 days, an abundance of all kinds of wine. And yet, in spite of this, I did not demand the governor's provisions because the bondage was heavy on the people. Remember me, my God, for good, according to all that I have done for this people. Finally, The example Nehemiah set. Again, the book of Nehemiah is a great book on leadership. And one great sign of a great leader is that they lead by example. Nehemiah led by example. Nehemiah would say, do as I do, not do as I say. A lot of leaders, a lot of ministers, a lot of pastors and church leaders are not successful because they want people to do what they don't do. Isn't that true? They want the people to do what they don't do. D.L. Moody said, a holy life will produce the deepest impression. Lighthouses blow no horns. They only shine. In other words, Nehemiah's holy life was an example. 
And because of his holy example, he was able to speak to the people and bring them to the point of understanding their error and bring them to correction. And the people obviously respected Nehemiah because he led by example. The Bible tells us he was the governor of Israel for 12 years. And he never took advantage of the privilege. He sacrificed and served others. Instead of taking from the people, he gave to the people. And he didn't tax the people so he could get rich like the previous cabinet. Verse 15, the former governors laid heavy burdens on the people. Even their servants had money and ruled over the people. That's amazing. Nehemiah said, I didn't because I have a fear of God. And if you don't fear God, you'll do anything. If you fear God, there's a lot that you won't do. The problem in the world today is people don't fear God. The problem in the church today is people don't fear God. That's sad. That's sad. When I can stand here boldly and flat-footedly say the problem in the church today is people in the church, in the church. You don't expect the world to fear God. But in the church, we expect the church to fear God. The word fear God doesn't mean like I'm afraid of God. It means that I reverence God and I honor God and I consider God in everything that I do. And I don't do what I want to do. I do what God tells me to do because I'm crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And the life that I live, I'm awake. It's okay. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I don't belong to myself anymore. Christian, you don't have any rights. Christian, you don't have any rights. You have a right to put your life on the altar and say, God, here I am. Whatever you want to do with me, however you want to work in me, do that, Lord. You have a right to submit yourself unto God. But we don't fear God. That's why we have a problem in the church, and that's why the church is moving away from God. The church is moving away from God, because if you move away from this, you are moving away from God. And it's hard to find a church that's near this. So, then it would be hard for a church to find, for a person to find a church that's near God, if they're not near this. Nehemiah was a man of integrity. And we see it in the men who served with him as well. Nehemiah took less pay, and the guys who served with him took less pay. Did you get that? Every day he fed 150 people of his countrymen and visitors in verse 17. And he didn't take anything for himself, and he sacrificed. And verse 16 tells us they continued the work, and they did not buy land. And that's why Nehemiah didn't take anything for himself, because the burden was already heavy on the people, which tells us building is a time for sacrifice and sharing. Building is a time for sacrifice and sharing. Nehemiah understood the ministry wasn't a job. 
resumes in the mail and email and people are like, you know, I'm, I'm out of seminary and I'm looking for a school. I have no problem with seminary. I'm looking for work. I'm looking for a church to work at. And I've got no problem with seminary or anything like that. But I can honestly tell you the ministry is not a job to be applied for. The ministry is a calling that you submit to. And, 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 when it's, and when you understand that the ministry is, is, is not a job, then sacrifice means nothing because you do it for free. And you seek to bless others. And when you seek to bless others, God will bless you. And that's why Nehemiah said, Lord, remember me. Lord, remember me because I'm serving you. And it's not a job for me, God. I'm sacrificing whatever it is I'm sacrificing. I'm doing it for you. So God, remember me. The ministry is a calling. I know what I'm talking about. The ministry is a calling. And I'm going to tell you, I know it's a calling because God called me. That was profound, wasn't it? (laughs) I know it's a calling because God called me. I do know that. He called me and I came here and I did it for free. This Elvira and I didn't get salary for a long time because we the church had no money. <laughs> Elvira back there getting the Holy Ghost. She's like, oh yes. <laughs> Amen. Yes. <laughs> it's true. We got our first uh, TV cabinet out the trash. We sure did. Remember that? Yes, we did. We didn't have a TV cam. We had no furniture. We had anything. We came here. And we lived in an apartment complex where people would come in the triangle and they just stayed there for a month or two as the jobs would bring them in and then get them a house or whatever. And people was throwing away nice, nice furniture. I mean, nice stuff, you know, decent stuff at least. One time I saw a TV cam and I came running the house. I said, Elvira, we have got to go get this. We're going to get that thing. So, and I had a really bad back. <laughs> I had a really bad back, and the TV cabinet was really big, and it was just me, and Rodney Jr. was like that, you know. So, otherwise, now I can have him just pick it. He just pick it up like this. Where you want it, Dad? <laughs> well, then he was like this. So, you know, Chanel was like, you know, so it was the children. And uh, so we, <laughs> we took our, we had a forerunner. And uh, and it had a back, uh, what do you call it, a latchback, um, hatchback, where the door come down. Okay, hatchback. So we <laughs> hatchback on the forerunner, and I, I said, Elvira, all right, I'm going to drive, right? Because I have a bad back, and I can't. <laughs> it ain't right, y'all. It ain't, it ain't right, but it's the truth. <laughs> I told you I'm going to keep it real because I'm your pastor, all right? I said, honey, I got a bad back. I said, I, I, can't, I, I can't, you know, what we got to do is we got to get it on the hatchback thing, and then you hold it, and I drive, and you just run behind the car. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That is one strong woman right there, you tell me? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we put that thing in the house. We're like, ooh, that looks nice. <laughs> that is nice. We, 
Because we understood the ministry was is not a job. It's a calling. And you do it because you love God. And, and God's been good. That's what I want to tell you. That's, God's been good. God is good all the time? Yes, sir. You better believe it. And he doesn't change. You do. He doesn't. Same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He was good to the people of God. He was good to, to when they were in Egypt. He was good when they were in Babylonian captivity. He was good when they were in the wilderness. And he's good now. And he's good today. Go on, clap your hands for him. <laughs> Isn't that right? He's good. Nehemiah understood that. He said, Lord, remember me. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.